I'm Bee Brooks. And I'm Allie Bourgeois. Welcome to Yogi and the Bee. Yeah, welcome everybody. And who do we have over here? What's going we on? We have our first guest. We have our first guest. Hey, we've been so excited. We told you guys, if you'll just hang on a minute, episode six. Episode Today, six. we are featuring none other than Glenda Baker. She is one of the top real estate agents in Cobb County, a viral sensation on TikTok. In 2021, she sold two of the most expensive homes in Cobb County, and her videos on TikTok have gathered more than, I'm sure it's more than that at this point, because I just realized this is a tish dated. But anyway, uh, more than 9.2 million likes and 600,000 followers. What? Welcome to Yogi and the Bee, the one and only Glenda mm-hmm. Baker. This mm-hmm. girl is on fire. This girl Hello, is ladies. On fire. I am so excited to be here. Thank I you. Think, Thank I you. think we're more excited, obviously. Yeah. A little sweaty. A little sweaty. How are you, first of all? You know, I've got a little laryngitis. If I sound a little off, that's what it is. I've been traveling um, quite a bit and speaking. Um, to real estate agents all over the country. But, you know, the weather here in Atlanta, this time of year, it is spring, summer, winter, and fall all in the same day. And that combined with the beautiful, amazing, lush, green, colorful, you know, landscape that Atlanta offers really creates havoc on my sinuses with the pollen. So I'm a little nasally, but you know, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm excited. Business is great and life is good and I'm happy as a pig in a puddle. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. Well amen, sister. We are both definitely right there with you nasal wise, but it, it sounds sexy. I just think yeah. sexy. We need to do our voicemail message right now. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I am somewhat of a stalker. I'm pretty good at it. I thought about being a private eye, but yeah. So wait, wait, I saw wait, 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 wait. You wanted to be a private eye. Well, that and um, Barbara Walters, but I do. People wow. would call me Sherlock Holmes because I like I like to know what's happening, where people are, what they're doing. But and you, I saw you went to the Braves game. I did. Last night I was at the Hawks game. So I went to the, Go I went to the Hawks. Yeah, they got eliminated last night, yeah. Allison. I know you're just <laughs> such a huge sports fan. Well, um, I love sports. And you know, I it's know, so funny. Me too. Well, you know, it's interesting though, because I, to, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you played soccer. Am I wrong? Thanks for the compliment. No, I was, okay. a, I was a huge supporter. Oh, like I, I was always at any game. Uh, I was a basketball cheerleader, side note, but no, but I love sports. I love sports. And I think that part of the reason that I love sports is because I was the last kid picked on the playground. I was so uncoordinated. I mean, I did. My mother was not athletic, so I didn't know how to play soccer. I wasn't involved in any type of like sporting lessons. Um, I mean, I've had archery and canoeing and riflery and you know, crocheting and piano and violin and tap and clogging. But my mom obviously did not find a need for me to be involved in, 
you know, sports. So I just, I mean, I remember one time the baseball or softball or whatever it was hit me on my foot and I like laid down and like cried. Like I had been run over by like a, like a herd of elephants. It was hilarious. um, But I love sports today. I cannot get enough. I was at the Hawks game last night and probably that added to a little bit of my hoarseness. I was at the Braves game and baseball is probably my least favorite B just because it's a little bit long and it can get boring. But my goodness gracious, it was so beautiful uh, both nights that we've been and who doesn't love the Braves? It's such a great fan experience. I don't. Well, so we've got... (laughs) We've got to figure out, this is going to be a whole nother episode, but we've got to figure out how to, and how can we get Allison just over to the, I mean, Glenda and I are just saying to you now, we're not athletic, but we love the social, for me, I love the socialness of it and the competition Yeah, and your husband really loves it. And it seems like after 26 years, you could kind of jump on board. Well, I tell you what, when he starts going to yoga retreats with me, I will absolutely be at every game with him. All right. Does that sound good? That Listen, sounds like I, a fair. I do feel left out. I mean, I, I feel like I was a little bit somewhat athletic. I just, I get bored. I get really bored. I don't like to sit still and uh, it's a lot of sitting still. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's a lot of junk food. It's a lot of salt. I, you know, I look like a puff puff fish when I walk out and that's not a good look. So my, my, my grandfather played for the crackers guys. I did oh, yeah. play tennis at Druid Hills golf, uh, not golf club. I played tennis for Druid Hills high school. Yes, I did. I, I see you looking at me. What is going on? I'm in the yearbook. Check it out. <laughs> I played horribly horribly. And every time I would hit the ball, I would laugh hysterically. So I was Cheryl Walton's, I was her doubles partner and boy, she hated me. Not as a person, just as a, a tennis companion. As a tennis partner. Oh, wow. Just can you imagine my shriek laughter just every time I hit the ball? (laughs) Yeah. So what some of you don't know is that We have a history here. The three of us have a history. And it's so funny to me because did you go to Farm Bank, Glenda? I did. You did. I thought so. So, yeah, I have memories of you at the skating rink. Yes. Was it Sparkles? I feel like it was Jelly Beans. Jelly Beans was on Roswell Road. And it was one on Mount Industrial. Uh, Mountain Industrial was uh, Skate Along USA, wasn't it? I feel like it was that later. It right it, it doesn't matter, but I thought I wonder if that's where Glenda got her love of glitter was from Sparkles. <laughs> if it's if that's really the name, that's you know, it. <laughs> well, so the so the skating rink was called Sparkles, but I feel like that Sparkles was like a secondary name. But yeah, I mean, you know. My mom used to dress me up in like these like beautiful clothes. She dressed, I mean, everything had a star, everything had a sequin, everything had some sparkle. And my mom like loved that. And I was like literally just like a Barbie doll for the woman. And so I just always loved the sparkle. 
And I always loved, and she always like loved my hair and it was curly and unruly. And she just, she loved that. So, uh, but you know, I would go to the skating rink on Friday and Saturday night and. With um, my husband. Yeah. yeah, Well, you know, I I would go with your husband. And in fact, one time we got stranded out here in East Cobb and the people who owned Carithers Flowers were friends with Mr. Bourgeois. Yeah. And so, and remember, this is before cell phones. Oh, wow. Paul used the payphone, this thing you put a quarter in and you made a call and called his dad and his dad called Mr. Carithers. And my mother came out here to pick us up and we couldn't get back down the hill at Johnson Ferry. And we went over to the Carithers and spent the night during the snowstorm of Atlanta. What? Oh my gosh. Like in the seventies. So I guess I was in, yeah, I guess it would have been 79, 80. Oh my gosh. The big ice storm. Yeah. And Mr. Mr. And Mrs. Carithers had, I feel like they have like four or five or six children. There was a bunch of them. And I know there was Melinda Carithers. She was like our age, our age-ish. And so we, sure enough, we went out there and we slept in their basement on all of the sofas that they had. And then Mr. Carithers took a tractor and pulled my mother's car out of the ditch. And because we went into the ditch as we tried to turn into his driveway And sure enough, now, fast forward however many years, I have sold like three houses in the neighborhood Neighborhood. where Mr. Carruthers' original family farm estate thing used to be out here. What? That's crazy. Okay, where is Cobb County? So, uh, not that you would know because you would burst into flames if you came outside the perimeter. I just but, get lost. I get lost. Yeah. I really do. Just think, yes. just think northwest of Sandy Springs. Okay. Close to okay. the Chattahoochee River. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or just yeah. get get on 75 North. Yeah. And have you ever heard of, uh, you know, Cumberland Mall or, you know, I where have, you have been to the Braves game? That's Cobb County. Okay. That's Cobb County. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I was a bird, I would be 2.3 miles from the Braves stadium. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Got it now. Thank you. I wanted to be on the same page. Yeah. So Allison, what are your first memories of Glenda? Was it probably wasn't until high school? It was high school. Hated high school, as you know, from previous episodes, not going to lie, hated it. And the greatest thing is I knew my husband at the time and Beth Franklin, and I think that was it. And uh, so that was nice to know them. They were on the same hall that I had my homeroom and my husband and Glenda were in my homeroom. I remember meeting her And I was just, somebody be nice to me. And she was so nice to me. And I really appreciated that. Thank you again, Glenda. Yeah, I I was, I remember you were so beautiful. Oh, you still are. You still are. But I remember like the first time that I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Look at her pretty Mm -hmm. eyes. And I remember, I mean, I like distinctively remember thinking how beautiful your eyes were with your skin and your pretty hair. And I was like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. 
We all need yeah. to know that at that age that we are worthy. Exactly. We're, you know, exactly. not the scum of the right. earth on the floor. Yes. Well, and the, I think the thing about it is, is that when you're in high school, like you don't have the skills, the people skills enough to, and, and, and especially as women back when we were in high school, you weren't really groomed and maybe they aren't now to be complimentary of another woman or, you know, like be excited about that. I think that we all would have looked at that as very strange if someone had. Yeah. 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 But now, you know, Build I mean, them like, up. Yeah. yeah. I never think anything about, you know, complimenting anyone, but especially women and, and really just, you know, coming from a place of trying to understand like where, what was their path in life and how did they get here and why do they think that and where are they going and how can I help them and build them up and be their cheerleader? Yeah. Yeah. I we think need, we're all we definitely needed cheerleaders. B, how about your school? Where, how was that? Were y'all all pretty pump each other up? You're amazing. Yeah. I just love school. Oh, I that's just, right. That's I love right. School, but, um, did you really no. love school? She I did. did. I, oh, my stars and stripes. Yeah. No. And so <laughs> not, the, not that that means I wasn't insecure or what I was going to say is I think we're so insecure at that age and jealous and we don't know how to be comfortable with ourselves or so self-doubting. And anyway, not that I didn't feel or have all those insecurities and things. I think because I was the youngest of four, I kind of had a a pathway made for me. So the teachers knew who I was, the principal knew how I was before I got there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was to me, it was just better than sitting at home and, and being bored. And Glenda, that makes total sense. Think about it. We're both, well, I was an only child pretty much because of the age differences. And so I was like alone. I didn't have anyone to talk about, you know, I had never seen the school before until that first day. And it was like, oh my God, but how great would it have been if our siblings had been there and we, you know, went to games and we had that experience? But you going to Fernbank, I mean, you had a solid, like you were a part of a unit when you started eighth grade. I mean, you had my husband, you had sweet Rebecca Bryan and sweet Rebecca Holland and Nikki Griner. I mean, all of the best chicks were your friends. You know, I I did have a a group of of friends um, that I had had since second grade. I mean, I met Rebecca Holland and Susan Stewart and that whole, you know, group and, you know, Eric Whelan and Stacey Wilhelm. And I mean, like I remember and Thumper. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did have like that core group. But I think that, you know, what happens in high school is that summer between seventh grade and eighth grade is, you know, physically you're transforming mentally and then you get exposed, the pot gets bigger. So yeah. in Firm Bank, there was just our little group. Yeah. And then we went to Druid Hills where there was a whole bunch more people. And, you know, Rebecca got to be, you know, Rebecca and Nikki, my best little friends, got to find new friends and, so, you know, they would do stuff with their new friends. And then also, I think that, you know, they wanted to fit in with 
everybody else. And and we all did. And I was always a little bit different because my parents, you know, were not married. I mean, I remember like, I don't remember anybody else not living with their dad except Nikki Griner. And of course, Nikki Griner's dad was in Germany being a doctor. So it, it wasn't like she didn't have a dad. Yeah. And so that kind of made me different. And I lived in an apartment. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. to this very affluent, this school yeah. in this very affluent area where, yeah. you know, the kids' parents are professors and and doctors, doctors and lawyers and all this kind of stuff. And then I befriended like Nasha Katedza from Rhodesia. And I, I mean, I remember like I went, I went to spend the night at her house and someone called my mother and said, are you really going to let her spend the night at their house? And they thought that was terrible. And my mom asked me, she's like, is anybody else going to be there? And I'm like, no, she's got like two sisters and a brother, like, you know, and they lived in student housing. Like they, like her dad was, was a, like, was a student at Emory. And wow. so they were, I mean, it was just a completely different world. I mean, you know, here they are African from Rhodesia. And I mean, it was just so different than anything I'd ever seen. Which but is it, fabulous. Yeah. We lived in such a different time yeah. and I felt so different than everybody else. And yeah. I did, and I did too. And be? Did you? Did you feel just like, what? Everybody's so together and I'm just like twirling and space. I mean, yeah, I was trying to figure out who, what, where. And my sister was eight years older. So I didn't really have the big sister close to me in age to like, how do you dress or do you wear makeup? And so I was just kind of searching for for that part. And yeah, it's just so different now, but, but I just was social. I just loved going to the eighth grade football game or going to soccer or anything after school. I just wanted to, to just be involved and be around the people. Well, Glenda, I remember you going to stuff. I mean, I don't know if you noticed that I didn't go to stuff. I mean, I really think I was such an introvert and I just couldn't be with people all day long and then go home get changed and go back to being with people. So I, my parents were like, you have to go, you have to go to this, whatever. And I was like, I I can't, I can't. Yeah. I sought acceptance. Like for me, like I wanted to go because I, I wanted to be with the fun crowd. I wanted to be with the in girls. I wanted to be in the in crowd. I mean, I had grown up with all those kids that went to firm bank and when they gradually started kind of excluding me and doing stuff without me. And I wasn't, you know, part of the the group anymore. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be uh, mm-hmm. accepted and I wanted to be in the group. And so it was a little bit, it was difficult, but yeah, I continued to try. And, you know, it's funny because I don't even in my head, I don't even remember that I was being excluded until like there was going to be a party and everybody was going and nobody had told me. And somehow Rebecca Holland let it slip out oh. about this party that I was not like 
specifically not invited to. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, I can go. Like I can go. And Rebecca's like, no, I, you can't go. Cause you're not invited. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oops. Wow. And I was hiding under my bed at home. Please don't invite me. I didn't go around so much that I think people forgot about me and that was okay. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, we're three such different people here. It's so cool. Um, also, which is a good thing. Kids are so much more protected now. Like my partner, who's a counselor, if you, if you go home and tell your mom that you've been bullied or someone is making fun of you in person or on social media, it's against the law. Like it's in the code yeah. book now. Anti-bullying. Fantastic. But you know, can you imagine I, back in the day, if that had been the case, there'd be some, but, uh, we didn't even realize. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like, I didn't, like, I didn't think I was being bullied. I mean, it didn't have a label. It didn't have a name. Right. Oh, that's true. We didn't know what to call it. Just this really, really horrible kind of a gang leader that everyone was afraid to look at. I was afraid to look at this guy because he was, if you looked at him at the right time or my wrong time, he was going to tear you apart. And he started like having guys around him. So, I mean, it was, I guess I thought of him as a gang leader instead of a bully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, it was, it was interesting. It was definitely, you know, looking back as an adult, you like realize very clearly uh, what was going on. And I am actually an expressive analytical. That's my disc test. Only 9% of the population is an expressive analytical. And it's interesting to me because now looking back, I am so curious to understand how kids like that garner that type of influence over others. Um, fear. It's fear. I guess I, I as a child, what are you what are you afraid of? And I think that and and this is what I found most interesting, you know, as an adult looking back because it wasn't like he was going to beat anybody up or he was going to do anything like that. It was more that I think that they saw that this person had the power to, to make other people's life miserable because it definitely made an example of us. But I think that, uh, and they were afraid that if they didn't participate, that that would happen to them. Who knows what it was. I just, you know, I'm so thankful that now there is a forum um, yes. to help yeah. kids oh like like me, like us, mm-hmm. um, and that they're not battling it by themselves. Right. They've got support. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Where were the yeah. teachers? That's what I want to know when this was all going on. Oh my god! Well, I mean, come on, because it was on yeah. it was on the homeroom floor, and all yeah, of this I mean, stuff was happening outside our homeroom teacher's door. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. I mean, you had the coach, the two coaches that were the football coaches, and they were just as Ugh. as guilty of that as were those boys. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I remember and I I mean, I've done a video on this on this one particular coach. He was the football coach, he was the social studies teacher. Wait, wait, and wait, wait, wait. 
Wait, is he the one that invited you to his party, to his house? The one that would yeah. call me at home oh, to ha- ask me to go on his boat for the, you know, at Lake Lanier. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the guy. And I mean, and the thing about it is, is that here he hands down my, you know, and he's got this one person in my class, in my particular class, who is like the teacher's pet, but really, 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 really like she's with him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, she's helping him grade the papers and here is my 33 and he goes, <laughs> and the low, the low score of the day goes to Glenda Baker. Wait, 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 wait. I had that. Don't take that away from me. I had the lowest grade. Come on. Yeah. 33. And he literally passes it. I sat at the back of the classroom uh. at the back of the row and he passes it and each kid looks at it and passes it back. Oh my God. So I mean, B Brooks, can you imagine if that happened today, what would happen to that teacher? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in a relationship with the girl. Oh yeah. Oh, with several seniors. With her and 25 others. Oh, all I mean, the, all not, the cheerleader girls. Yeah. I'm oh, not yeah. under a rock. I mean, I know this happens, but yeah. Oh no. I mean, it was, and it was that blatant. I mean, it was blatant. So if I, I had said yes to going out on his uh, houseboat, oh. do you think I would have gotten better grades? So well, are you thinking you, you wouldn't have had to do anything. <laughs> I mean, because. Wouldn't even have to because, take the test. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and that's so, what's so funny is because. The girl who was his teacher's mm-hmm, pet mm-hmm. in my class, she never did anything. And she's told me that as an adult. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only was there was was there not adult supervision, but there was almost collusion, you know, because they all participated in it. So I, you know, again, looking back on it as an adult, yeah, it's so interesting to me. I want to understand, like, like what is it that puts somebody in that mental space to to be able to do that kind of be mean like that? Like, like what is it? Like, is your heart just black? Were you beaten at home? Right. Did you see, you know, your that abuse? abuse from a brother, from a father, from a mother. Yes. Yes. Has to be. Yeah. I'm just, as I said, I'm, I'm so thankful that now um, there are uh, parameters in place to protect children. Yes. Glenda, did you have many mentors in high school or as far as like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Or was that later? No, no, no. I, I mean, you know, I missed 40 days of my senior year. They weren't going to graduate me um, because I had, you know, I was being bullied so much. I didn't want to go to school. And so I had missed 40 days. And so I remember my mom came to me and we were about two weeks from graduation and they had sent home the the note that they were not going to graduate me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I didn't have the grades. I mean, I just barely had the grades. They were like, she's missed more than half of the of the year. You know, we can't graduate her. And Betty Baker, 
went over there and sat down with John Wallace Mm -hmm. and Ms. Bowie and Mr. Glover and said, you know, we've got a couple of options here and had a little come to Jesus meeting with them. And the next thing you know, I graduated with everybody else and closed the door on that chapter of life and never looked back. Wow. Yeah. I I'm, I probably saw you leaving as my dad and I were going in. So when yeah. they okayed me graduating after missing half the year, my dad stood up and he was applauding. I mean, he was just so excited that they okayed it. And I, I can't even remember what we said to them. I look back and and honestly, you know, I, being the last kid picked on the playground, being bullied like that, there and Alice and I, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about this. There are definitely trauma, trauma words, trauma places that you go back to. It takes you back there that'll never ever be able to be fixed or 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 uh, healed. I don't think, but I'm so thankful because. I feel like if I was able to get through that, like I'm basically indestructible. Yes, you Absolutely. are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't really have mentors. I always looked at, up to my mother and my mother was always an amazing parent for me and an amazing example of a strong woman. But for me, I just really, I started selling ladies shoes. I was good at that. And my mom said, you know, you should you should sell something that's more so you could make more money. And I never, ever was afraid to work. And I worked at the bank and I worked at selling shoes and I modeled a little bit in Atlanta and then I loved clothes. And so I started kind of designing these clothes and then I got into real estate and really just found my love. I was good at it. And I think also here I was this kid who had barely graduated from high school I was this kid who had been picked on and here were these fancy people, these really smart people, these really accomplished people, these really rich people that were prepared to trust me with what was their largest single investment. And that really gave me the confidence to explode my life head to toe, top to bottom, front to back. Yeah. That's awesome, babe. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, well done, mom. Well done, Betty Baker and her yeah. Cadillac. Yeah. Oh my God. Do y'all remember that Cadillac? Oh, we remember I the do. Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah, we do. You know, B Brooks. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive I'm right. So if I'm going down, don't tell me, North Druid Hills Road. So I'm going yes. down North Druid Hills Road from 85 going towards North DeKalb Mall. Yes. Okay. I get down there to maybe where that golf place was on the left. That is and correct. And then I think I turn left at that street and your house was back there. Yay. Yes. Okay. 2298 Spring Creek Road. That's right. I'm like, I'm like, I remember us going over there to pick B up for stuff. I have a memory of you and me and we were at my, uh, Pool, Leafmore Creek Park pool parking lot. And I hate to say it, karma's a bitch, but um, we were going around taking real estate signs out of the yards. <gasps> oh, that was so much fun. That and putting so them in the trunk. Yeah. You know how much those things cost? Well, why did we think that was funny? 
That's so mean. It is. Oh my gosh. And you both are in real estate. What the heck? Now, B, have you ever had your sign stolen? It depends, of course, you know, where stick in the ground, stick in the ground signs, maybe one or two, but that's what we took out of the ground. So yeah. Yeah. It all so comes I back. had, I had my, my sign stolen a couple oh. few times, but one time I had my sign stolen and they stole like 30 signs <gasps> and they put them all in this one person's yard uh-uh. as a, uh, like senior prank. And of course, the owner had everybody's phone number. (laughs) So he calls me and he's like, hi, Miss Whatever. You know, I realize that you're missing a sign from one of your uh, listings. And I'm like, "Uh, no, sir, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah. He's like, there's 30 real estate signs (gasps) in my front yard and one of them is yours. And I'm like, oh. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. Or maybe I thought it was hilarious. I love it. Maybe it it was, um, no, I'm pretty sure it's real estate. I was going to say maybe it was um, political signs of people running for office. I don't know. I just remember a mad dash through the neighborhoods being silly kids thinking that we were just, I mean, it's kind of like prank phone calls or rolling somebody's yard. Let's just disturb uh, ding dong ditch door or whatever you call that thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole star 69 thing ruined my, my life because what else do you do at night besides prank calls? Yeah. Cause we so, had fantasy Island and love boat. Come on. And Carol Burnett. Oh, did y'all see that special the other night that Carol Burnett, it was her 90th no, birthday. I did not, but I need so, to watch it because I love her. So anyway, back to the skating ring. And then I don't see Glenda Baker's name. And then I get into real estate and I have my first referral client with Sarah Lee. And I walk in this house in Cobb County and there are some cookies lying on in the foyer. I said, that's Glenda Baker. And wow, I was like, no way. I think after that, I think I ran into you at a United game or something. I was, we were leaving and you were too. Whatever, yawn. That's a soccer. So, that's a soccer team in Atlanta, Allison. <laughs> so you showed my listing, and yes. then I showed one of y'all's listings. Oh, sharing the then, love. And then we saw each other at a sporting event, and then we saw each other at Eddie's attic. <gasps> oh my gosh, I have pictures of that on my phone. Yes. Um, where was it? Share what? Eddie's it attic. Was a- Eddie's Attic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was that a soccer game at Eddie's Attic or oh a baseball God. game? You've Eddie's been to Eddie's Attic, Allison. I know. I'm just tired. So um, you have a podcast, Glitter I and do. Game. It's yeah. so Just fun. fabulous. Listen to it today. It's Thank so you. fun. You've said this today here on our podcast, but when you talk about being the last pick on the playground, that just resonates with me so much because even though you thought I played soccer, which really made my day, I was too the last person picked on the playground. And, you know, you never think about it at the time, but it just fucking sucks, man. Well, it was crazy because they lined you up. Remember? And you're the last one standing there. 
in front of everybody else. They lined you up in front of everybody else. And then, of course, Teresa Shepard and Rebecca Bryan. Soccer players. You know, these super athletic girls. And then all of the pretty girls. And, you know, Rebecca Bryan was like a double dip because she was beautiful and she was athletic. Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, you get lined up and then, you know, it got down to me and Danielle Padron every day, every day, me and Danielle Padron every day. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was a kickball star. And, Look at her finger. Um, you can see where she broke her pinky. Look at it. I remember when that happened, she caught the big fat red rubber ball. I was a star and I'm feeling bad now. I'm trying to think, wait. Am I one of the ones that didn't pick you for my team? I bet you would have been the first one after Joy. There were no girls that were pickers. All the It was those boys yeah. that were pickers. Boys were the captain. Yeah. That's because you were pretty. Allison. I was really good at kickball. So I went through this phase, quite a long one, um, where I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be. And one of my biggest mentors was my PE teacher in high school, who yesterday was her birthday and I texted her. We're still very good friends. And um, she was a huge influence on me. But I don't know if you know this, but I got my degree from Georgia State in PE, physical education. I didn't know that. Which is a complete miracle. And I decided that I wanted to be a teacher because I felt bad for all those kids that never got picked. And I wanted to pay special attention to them. And then I ended up teaching adaptive PE to special needs kids for 17 years. So, you know, it just all worked out. So that not being picked on the playground, I think, worked out for both of us. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, you can't change the past. You can only improve the future. And, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, obviously this has really like bothered you This because you talk about the whole last picked on the playground. And the thing about it is, is that I don't ever look back with regret. I look forward with reflection. Yes, she. And I think that, you know, staying in that space of you did this to me or this person was it so comes, horrible. Yeah. It's like drinking poison, poison and expecting the other person to die. And so for me, I just, I I look back and I just say, you know what, that was a time that helped shape my character and my integrity and hopefully made me compassionate to other people. Amen. Yes, that's exactly what happens. So how are your children? Oh, so my kids are great. My son is 22. Um, and my daughter is 31. She's beautiful. And thank you. Um, I have two grandsons, four and one and a half. And um, my little grandson calls me every morning. Talk to me, Glitter. Talk to me. (laughs) And so tomorrow, typically on one day during the weekend, typically Saturday, we go have breakfast at Cracker Barrel. And likes to eat my country ham. And just just the two of you? No, it's me, my daughter, and my two grandsons. 
And they, my, both my kids live here in Atlanta. My son, actually, um, I have an apartment in my basement. My son lives there and my daughter lives out in Accor. So about 25 minutes from me. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I get to see them all the time. And I have been blessed with, you know, five bonus kids that, you know, I love. I always say that I'm so glad that they were not collateral damage in the, in, in my divorces. So, you know, I feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to impact and be a part of of these children. And we do a uh, Mother's Day. My Mother's Day gift to myself is a week at the beach. I rent a great house at the beach and, you know, everybody comes. It's come and go as you please. You can come for the whole week or you can come for two or three or four or five days. And there's no agenda except just to be with each other and love on each other and play games and enjoy the the sun and the beach and all that kind of good stuff. Sounds fabulous. So the bonus kids come too? Yeah, everybody's invited. And I just, I feel so fortunate and blessed that I just have the opportunity to to watch them grow and be a part oh of gosh. their lives in a significant way. So, yeah. That's well awesome. Done, mama. I think that answered mama. my next question. I was going to say, what brings you the most joy? Um, what brings me the most joy is my family. I mean, yeah. 100%. My home, I feel tons of peace here in my house. Um, this was actually my mother's dream home. When I was a little girl, we would we would drive out here to a long Riverside Drive and watch the polo games at the polo fields. And my mother's boss uh, was a member at Atlanta Country Club. And we would come out and watch the golf tournament and drive through this beautiful neighborhood. And my mom would say, Pumpkin, one day we're going to live in a beautiful house like that on that hill. And I would look up there and we'd be in our Pontiac with no air conditioning and I would be thinking, wow, I don't know how she's going to do that. And, you know, I would drive through and I never will forget there was an agent and on her signs, it said, Mrs. Carl Sell. This is when you used your husband's name. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking she must be the fanciest, richest real estate agent in the world selling all these beautiful houses. And about a year and a half ago, Um, A house came on the market. I had been looking in this neighborhood. I live out here in this area and I had been looking in this neighborhood and I had, and we were in this crazy 2021, 2022 real estate market. And I hadn't been able to get a house, hadn't been able to get one. And this house came on the market. It was a little bit more than a lot more than I wanted to spend. And all of my friends were like, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. You got to go see it. And once I walked in the door and got around the corner and saw the, the family room, I was like, this cannot be that house. And I walked out onto the deck and it was in January. And I looked down and see Columns Drive. And it was literally like I could see my mother driving us in that Pontiac. And there were no other offers. I didn't pay full price. And I got this house. And so my family, this house is my place of peace. And then just, you know, helping people buy and sell real estate and inspiring other real estate agents. That really is like my passion. That's my life in a nutshell. That's what I love. And I would do it every day, all day. It doesn't even seem like work. I wake up every morning and I'm just like, I lay there for a minute with my eyes closed 
And I think to myself, how grateful I am to my mom. And I just pray to God and just say, thank you so much for just all of my blessings. And just for a moment, I'm almost afraid to open my eyes because I keep thinking, is it like a dream? And when I open my eyes and I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm still here. It's not a dream. Oh, oh that's the it's sweetest. Great yeah. story. Just for me, that's, you know, I'm just, I mean, I'm living the dream. You and are. I just, you are. And, and having the opportunity to like, I mean, think about it. We've known each other for 40, almost 50 years. And, you know, to have that ability to, connect with and see people and hug on them and love on them and and see where they are and just cheer them on in their life is so cool. I know. It really is. And we see each other now at weddings and funerals, right? But Allison, we got to see each other at the Hawks game. Absolutely. And then I got to see B at, at Eddie's Attic. And this is the thing is that is that it's difficult to plan stuff out, but kind of last minute fun stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm wondering, do you have any podcast pointers for us virgins? Well, you know, Tyler, (laughs) uh, my friend, Tyler Whitman, who is a, is a broker in New York. Mm -hmm. um, And he was on million dollar listing New York. He said, Hey, Glenda, we should do a podcast. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I have to tell you, our podcast airs Glitter and Gay. It airs every Tuesday. And what people have fallen most in love with is the relatability. Yes. That it's just really, I mean, they get to come inside and be in the room with me and Tyler talking about the things that have shaped our life. Yes. And and, and I think that if I had any advice for someone thinking about doing a podcast or new to doing a podcast, stay true to your heart. Don't worry about views or listens or downloads or subscriptions, because just like with my videos, to me, it doesn't matter if there's one view or a million views. What I care about is the one person that I had the opportunity to inspire, inform, or impact. And I think that, and even if that person is me, even if that video changed me, there is a place for everybody. And and I love that you girls are, are chopping it up, that you're chatting, that you're talking about a lot of different things that have shaped your life. And for me, I just think that don't, don't worry about who's, who's downloading it or who's listening to it. It is as much for you as it is for other people and be true to yourself and speak from your heart. 100%. Thank you so much. Yeah. And ladies, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you for giving us this time. It means so much. It does. I I know you're a busy lady, but this means the world. So thank you so much. And I'd love to see you live sometime soon. Let's do it. Hawks game. uh, Absolutely. The soccer game. Or the Braves game. Allison, Allison, you set us up for that, okay? I'm yeah. on it. I'm on yeah. it. I'll, I'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you, Glenda. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was amazing. 
I had so much fun with her and listening to her. She's such an inspiration. Golly gee. Wowza. Uh, Well, we need to close this up. Uh, Listeners, thank you for listening to our first guest. This one's a little longer, but um, I think it'll be worth the extra, extra time to listen. Um, I know it will be. How about that? Do it. 100%. 100%. Bubbles and blah, blah. Namaste. Namaste.